before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And so we have a big show lined up for you today. We're going to be covering um, uh, China espionage. We're going to be covering the FBI corruption today. And uh, also some, something new that happened with the judge down in Florida, uh, giving a little bit of a beat down to Jack Smith. And there's a lot of good audio that we have for you that uh, is going to basically outline uh, some of the justices and injustices that are about to, to happen. Uh, we're going to start off right now with China. And um, I want to uh, play this clip because, you know, I have to start off with this audio clip and we want to talk about it, China espionage. And the reason why we have to start off with this one is because I'm having trouble with this video, this audio. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen to this one right out of the gate to get rid of this. Um, but it's uh, by Dan Hoffman. <clears throat> and he talks about uh, Chinese espionage. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about is what tools they use. Uh, what tools they use in uh, their espionage. And let's go ahead and take a listen. Rating here in the homeland and, and all the things that they are taking from us. Well, look, the United States economy, our defense industrial base, we're all in the crosshairs of China's ruthless espionage. And agriculture is just the latest example. And it's because China operates a totalitarian command economy and they don't innovate like we do. We have a free market economy. And so the only out for them is to steal our secrets. And that's what they're doing. That's why their J-31 stealth fighter is a carbon copy of the F-35. Uh, so that's what they do. And we need to counter that. 
Uh, we need intelligence collection on what China's doing. We need to legislate from the House and from uh, the Senate to prevent China from buying out our farmland. We had a case in, in Devil's River, Texas, where the Chinese were trying to buy farmland with overlooking uh, Laughlin Air Force Base. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal for them to collect intelligence there. Uh, we also need outreach through uh, state and local law enforcement to our farming communities so that they're aware of the threat and they can see something and say something, and then we can do something about it. But this is, this is China flooding the zone. We saw with their, their hacking of Microsoft, they hacked into OPM back in 2015. Uh, this is how they uh, try to level the playing field against us. What about the private sector, too? Because, you know, obviously Congress is pretty bipartisan on this front and they are working to pass some legislation to get ahead of this. But when you think about the White House and how it's pushing these electrical vehicles onto U.S. automakers, which at this point with the cost of EVs out there might push them towards China to do business with them. Um, how much of a threat is that where U.S. companies are still engaged in business with China? Right. It's a very difficult situation for us economically because we don't have the components and the minerals necessary to drop the costs of, of the EVs. The, the average price is $55,000. That's a lot more than most American families can afford. And China has saturated their market with cheaper EVs, and they're looking to expand in Europe and the United States. What we need to do is, uh, is have a better strategy from the Biden administration so that we have those components and the minerals needed. We can drop the prices so we can, the EVs can be more competitive with gas vehicles. If that's what the Biden administration wants, then we've got to have uh, the economic solutions, the commercial solutions to make it happen. Dan, I want to quickly switch gears to Ukraine here, because as you know, there is a deep divide in this country over um, our approach with Ukraine. OK, we're not going to listen to the Ukraine part. But what he basically said there, a lot of, a lot of things I want to unpack there. Um, one, uh, some of the ways that uh, China is creating espionage there, they are... They have a spy base in Cuba. China uh, also has cranes at U.S. ports. So they are embedded in our ports. And they control our politicians. Like Mitch McConnell owes all of his wealth to China. Because Elaine Chao and their shipping company called the Foremost Group depends heavily on China. And... So you have these cranes at the U.S. ports. And again, that involves Mitch McConnell. Just like when they say, we want to close the border. If only we can get a president in the White House that would help us do it. And that's what, you know, Paul Ryan used to say that. And then he got Trump. Nobody wanted to close the border more than Trump. But he didn't want to do it with drones. You can't stop border flow from Drones? They can't shoot? I mean, it's ridiculous. So they want to spend all this money on technology, smart border, but there's nothing smart about being so dumb. So, uh, you know, Trump kept it simple. Walls and wheels. They work the best. So China has these spy, uh, has a spy base in Cuba and elsewhere, 
not far from our coast. Cranes at U.S. ports helped and benefited by Mitch McConnell and his wife, Elaine Chow. Spy crafts, they send balloons over anytime they want, and we don't do anything about it because the Biden crime family is a puppet to both China and uh, Xi, Zelensky and Ukraine, probably even Putin and Russia, because they have the dirt on the Biden crime family. You take the mayor of Moscow, you take uh, all the corruption and the bribes with Burisma and Ukraine, and you take all the investment dollars that Hunter took out of China. They're knee-deep in fraud, and the countries that are getting away with murder right now, spying all over us, taking, uh, invading other countries, and producing biolab weapons. All of this stuff is being done right in front of our faces. And everybody's covering everything up. Fauci, you know, who is part of the CIA, part of intelligence, part of the DOD, part of the Pentagon. Oh, and part of NIH and USAID. You know, which involves the State Department. The CIA and USAID are just, one's a money arm, one's an enforcement arm of the State Department. And together they just wreak havoc all over the world with stupidity working with uh, their folks at the Atlantic Council and all these pseudo-too-important people, these academics that read a book but don't know crap about life. These people at the State Department. Chinese-made cell towers. You know, Huawei comes to mind, right? 5G technologies. Buying farmland near critical areas like different military bases. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. How about, you know, gathering U.S. user data through TikTok or hackers attacking critical infrastructure, secret police stations, spies infiltrating college campuses, spies trying to gain access to U.S. military facilities in Alaska, Not to mention the fact that they spend billions, if not trillions, of dollars in doctor—you know—paying universities to indoctrinate our children and to allow U.S. children on TikTok to act a fool, twerking. When, if you look at the TikTok content produced by Chinese children, they're there is a much different display of behavior. One is, you know, you could learn how to play the piano. Piano lessons, instruction, stuff like that. None of this twerking, caveman mentality, or living uh, just with, with a lack of moral value. No etiquette, no culture. But they want that. They want to poison our minds. It's part of an indoctrination. It's part of demoralization. It's stoking the flames of racism. It's providing funding for woke and climate and everything that helps them. 
Every time you hear CNN and MSNBC push climate and climate porn and fear, you know, fear porn, every time we're told about Ukraine or, or climate or COVID or masks or whatever it is, and every time the media censors you know, the New York Post articles about Hunter Biden and his connections with China, or, you know, they hide truth tellers about climate, or they hide truth tellers about COVID. Well, that all goes into the hands of BlackRock owned companies, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street owned companies, the globalist agenda, and of course, their exploitation of slave labor. their exploitation of slave labor, so that they are the benefactors of climate because climate, China is the benefactor of climate because they're pushing electric vehicles. And so long as they're doing that, China is going to have a lot of workers going to work at slave labor wages, making those batteries. China is also investing heavily in Africa and wielding their power at the WHO and controlling the pharmaceutical companies because the pharmaceutical companies want that 1.5 billion population. And so it's, uh, you know, and so do the entertainment companies. NBC Universal wanted to tap into China's markets. NBA is kissing the ring of President Xi because ch- basketball is well-received in China. But, you know, then also in that audio clip with Dan Hoffman that we just listened to, they were talking about China. They're making cheaper vehicles. Now, from what I hear, Elon Musk, Tesla wants to get in on that action, too. They These uh, manufactured homes that cost, you know, $15,000 to build. Um, or uh, Tesla or uh Elon Musk has been talking about building a $5,000 electric vehicle. And frankly, you could buy some of these things on Amazon of all places. Now, every review I've ever seen of those things, it's just, they're not worth it. They're so cheap and dangerous and not safe and whatever. But these smaller electric vehicles, they have a shorter distance range and they, they can't go as far. And the way America, the reason why America has always had bigger cars than Europe is because Europe has these streets that people share. People literally walk in the streets that cars drive on. Almost in every charming European city, you have these little streets that people are walking in the middle of. And then cars come by, beep, beep, honk, people move out of the way. And trolleys share the same space as pedestrians and you know, they don't have the same rules and regulations. Like when you walk into a restaurant in Paris, their mentality is first come, first serve. You just go in and sit down at an open seat. You don't need to go to the maitre d' and be escorted to a certain place and walk across the room and stand in a certain line. It's first come, first serve. If there's a seat to be sat in, you could just go up and sit in it. There's no maitre d'. There's no, we will seat you. Wait here. Wait for your waitress. None of those rules apply in Europe. Which 
kind of lends itself. We're going to be talking about something else, a social construct, a little later. And it all ties into the cultural differences between our countries. And in a lot of ways, their cultural differences are, are better. There was a really great comment about the women's soccer team, you know, being so ungrateful and so arrogant and so woke. And again, China's pushing that too, because that's divisive, that's poisonous to a society. So China, you know, these are all things that benefit our adversaries. And they are financing and funding these woke groups. And these woke groups know what they're doing. They're doing it for money. They're paid to influence in the wrong way. They're not paid to be smart. They're paid to be divisive. There's a big difference. And we don't really even know how significant or how impactful or how this is all happening without us being able to understand or know. But these secret societies are real, whether it's Skull and Bones or the crap that goes on in Hollywood for the last century. But we're starting to hear people come out of the woodwork and saying, it's worse than you thought. James Woods just tweeted this out. He said, it's a hundred times worse than your worst nightmare. Like he said, it's bad. But the reason why they want to stack you up in these 15-minute cities is because they want to push these electric vehicles that are cheaper and they want to go green and net zero. And the only way they can get to net zero is to advance 15-minute cities, which means that you're not allowed to drive from one city to the next. You've got to take public transit or something like that in order to or walk or take a bike. But you can't just drive. I remember when New York City, 20 years ago, started putting these purple signs up all over the place. It's like you can only take a right up on 56th Street, and you're like on 48th. So it's like, or 44th Street. You have to go all the way up to 56th to take a right. You know, like it's during a certain time. And I'm thinking to myself, if you're driving in New York and it's rush hour, you have to read almost a half a book to to understand what the sign just said. And if you don't obey it, you're going to get a $300 ticket. It's crazy. So you don't want to drive in New York City. But, uh, in the, you know, but the, the thing is, is these 15-minute cities are coordinated with these really cheap electric vehicles that have no range. They can get you maybe 15 miles, 20 miles tops, and then you got to recharge your battery. And the scooters are kind of a similar principle. So it's already happening. You know, we have scooters laying all over the streets. That's another thing you don't see in, say, France, in Paris. We didn't see these scooters laying all over the sidewalks like they do here in America. So a lot of things that are wrong that need to be righted. And frankly, things are finding out. You know, the uh, there's a uh, FBI agent that was just recently busted for colluding with Russia, and he was the FBI agent that was working with the Hillary team to push the narrative that Trump was colluding with Russia, which we now have debunked successfully. 
but yet he's going to go to jail now for this crime. You know, like they say, they'll blame you for the crime they commit. So I'm going to go through a couple of these audio pieces I have. Um, Robert Kennedy here deny, uh, denounces Russiagate, but he also talks about the corruption of our CIA and FBI. And people now are suggesting that there's no, like Vivek Ramaswamy is suggesting that the FBI needs to be completely redone. It's too corrupt. It's a cesspool of corruption. And it needs to be abolished. And then rebuilt somehow. But let's take a listen. There's always been a concern that if you have a national police agency, it will be weaponized uh, by, you know, by the president to serve a political agenda. And that was a fear from the beginning of the creation, you know, when the, both the FBI and in 1947, when the CIA, uh, you know, was authorized. Everybody, Republicans, Democrats, were deeply, deeply concerned because they said these national police agencies uh, are really a, f- a feature of totalitarian regimes like the Stasi and East sure. Germany, the KGB in Russia. And, and we have had a problem from uh, at least the 1960s of the FBI being weaponized against political dissent. And, um, and then... Uh, there, were, there were reforms in the 70s and 80s to, to uh, a series of FDI directors after Hoover's death that tried to depoliticize the agency, but it now is heavily politicized. We saw, um, you know, the, the FBI uh, legitimizing Russiagate, the propaganda against Trump, and I'm not a fan of Trump's, but I don't think that the FBI should be deployed against any presidential candidate whether I agree with that candidate or not. And, uh, and the, the, the Christiel file and all of these things that had now, we know that the Durham report has shown us that a lot of those are untrue. They were propaganda. That was abetted by people within those agencies. And, uh, and both the, you know, the CIA participated too. You had 60 CIA agents or high-level officials Signing a petition, signing a public letter that said that the Hunter Biden uh, laptop was a fake, was Russian disinformation, when they either didn't know or they knew it was a lie. Yeah, and uh, and that's something that we should not tolerate. Do you think they should be punished for this? Yeah, of course they should. Yeah, of course they should be punished. Yes, of course. Um. And, you know, and then they talk about Trump stirring up, stirring up trouble, right, on J6. He didn't. He said peacefully and patriotically protest against election fraud, which we're now not allowed to talk about. We're not allowed to have free speech. It's absolutely absurd. But this was Rick Wilson. This was John McCain's. And and uh, uh, John McCain and his vice presidential candidate, uh, drawing a blank. Um, but uh, it was their campaign advisor going against Obama 2008. This is what he had to say about Trump. 
And the donor class can't just sit back on the sidelines and say, oh, well, don't worry, this will all work itself out. They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. And the donor, the donor class, he's, he's, he's talking on behalf of the donor class, and they're going to have to put a bullet in Donald Trump. And I worry about that every single time Donald Trump takes the stage because that's, that's, that's their next move. They, they're running out of, out of uh, options, and they can't afford Trump to come back into power because he will take a wrecking ball to this deep state this time, knowing that he's been vindicated of all of these things. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, there's a meme here. It says, it's Martin Luther King. He says, I was arrested 29 times by a crooked Justice Department. I was wiretapped and labeled a communist by the FBI. Some things never change. And, yeah, it just goes to show you how long this has been going on. It's been going on for a long time. Mark Felt, for example, was like an FBI assistant director, deputy director. And he was instrumental in Watergate, and he basically was the leaker working. He was the deep throat guy in Watergate. So he was working with Woodward and Bernstein, who turned out to be two left-wing nut jobs. You know, they're just wackadoodles. And, you know, we used to think that they, they were these great journalists. They were political activists. Hacks that shouldn't have had any business in the world of journalism. They should have run for office. They should have been political activists and word on their sleeve, but they didn't. They were disguised behind the brass of the Washington Post. Shame on them. So Truth Ninja Okay, Chutkin's recusal framework from her Senate questionnaire. So this is a judge that was Hunter Biden's law partner in D.C. and worked at uh, Hunter at Bowles. Worked with Hunter at at Bowie's. It says here, she does not commit to recusing from any cases involving Joe or Hunter Biden, even though she worked with Hunter at Bose. Uh, that's the law firm. She does, however, say she would evaluate any other real potential conflict or relationship that could give rise to the appearance of conflict. So this is why they're pushing for a West Virginia venue. And they have good case for this. And there is precedence for this as well. And it says here, Hunter Biden's former law partner is the judge handling the J6 case against Trump. Seriously? They're not even hiding their corruption anymore. That's that's that. Jim Jordan put this together yesterday. He says, The Facebook Files Part 4 FBI lied about meeting with big tech regarding the New York Post's Hunter Biden laptop story. Internal FBI docs reveal that an FBI special agent made false statements in testimony about the FBI's role in the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. So it goes on to say, FBI special agent Elvis 
Chan, an Asian guy, probably, I don't know, what if he's a Chinese spy, right? But these Chinese men, they are the worst when it comes to being socialists, commies. Um, but uh, Special Agent Elvis Chan, because I was thinking about um, the Department of Justice, uh, uh, Nelly and Bruce Orr, remember the, the, the Bruce, Bruce Orr? And uh, some of these mayors, like the mayor of Boston, you know, Asian, really radical left. It's kind of crazy. You know, there seems to be a thing going on there. FBI Special Agent Elvis Chan is the main conduit between the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force and Big Tech. Agent Chan was in the meeting between the FBI and Facebook on October 14th, 2020 the day the New York Post published its story on the Hunter Biden laptop. Laura Demlo is the current section chief of the Foreign Influence Task Force. On October 14th, when Facebook asked the laptop if the laptop was real, she responded, no comment, even though the FBI had the laptop and knew it was real. In July, Judiciary, GOP, and Weaponization uh, committee interviewed Laura Demlo. Her testimony was shocking, revealing that the FBI deliberately withheld critical information from social media companies about Hunter Biden's laptop the day that the New York Post story broke. In her interview, we learned for the first time that the FBI met with Twitter on October 14th before meeting with Facebook the same day. When Twitter asked if the laptop was real, an FBI agent said yes, but a second FBI agent, a lawyer, jumped in, cut him off, and said no further comment. Wow, and there's a transcript here that illustrates that. But it gets better, Jim Jordan says. Demlo, Laura Demlo, revealed that FBI, that the FBI then had emergency internal deliberations to decide how to answer that same question going forward. Someone at the FBI, the FBI refuses to say who, ordered that the FBI would say no comment going forward. Later that same day, October 14th, just before an election, Facebook met with the FBI, including Chan and Demlo. Facebook asked the same questions. Is the laptop real? Now, having its story straight, the FBI responded, no comment. Did Demlo know that the FBI had the laptop and it was real? Yes. Did other key members of the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force know? Yes. The FBI knew the laptop was real and yet decided it would say no comment. We know what happened next. Twitter and Facebook censored the New York Post story. And people like me who posted the truth about this story got banned on social media. The Biden campaign, and they were told, yes, it's real, but no comment. The Biden campaign secretly set in motion the events that led to the 51 former intel officer officials discrediting the state, the story as Russian disinformation, and then used it in one of the debates as a weapon. So just weeks before the 2020 election, most Americans either did not hear about the story or were misled to believe 
that it was the product of a Russian disinformation campaign. Fast forward to November 2022, Elvis Chan is being deposed as one of the key figures in the government's censorship regime. Now, these are the people that want to be in charge of disinformation uh, and truth czars. He is obligated to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You can watch the whole deposition here. And there's a deposition on YouTube with regard to Elvis Chan. So if you want to see it, just go deposition, Elvis Chan, search that on YouTube. You'll find it. So Representative Jim Jordan tweets, Chan first testified about the October 14th Facebook uh, FITF meeting. I guess the Twitter files meeting uh, where Dem- Demlo said no comment when Facebook asked if the Hunter Biden laptop was real. And Chan was then asked if the FBI had any meetings with companies other than the Facebook meeting about the Hunter Biden story. Chan's response that he is confident that he was not part of any meetings with Big Tech and Hunter Biden. Chan was asked again if, other than the October 14th Facebook meetings, he was aware of any communications between anyone Facebook had, and anyone at FBI related to the Hunter Biden laptop story. He answered no. That was completely false. A lie. He lied under oath. The committee has recently obtained an internal Facebook document proving that Agent Chan had a secret follow-up call with Facebook about the Hunter Biden laptop story on October 15th, just one day after the New York Post story and the first Facebook meeting. Those weren't Agent Chan's only inconsistent statements. Agent Chan also claimed in the deposition that he had no internal knowledge of the FBI's investigation involving Hunter Biden's laptop. But the Facebook employee, an ex-FBI agent, wrote the day after the story broke that Chan advised that He was up to speed on the current state of the matter with the FBI. Chan also told Facebook that there was no current evidence to suggest any foreign connection of the leaks. Wow. So the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals will hear oral argument this Thursday. The freedom of speech is at stake that the injunction would stop the government from censoring Americans. So there's an injunction. And the federal case against the Biden administration, that's still ongoing. On July 4th, a federal court granted an injunction prohibiting the Biden administration from continuing to censor Americans. Now, how in the world do Democrats support this madman that's in the Oval Office, that somehow got 81 million votes, but yet poll numbers reveal that not only do, do, do the majority of Americans feel that he's committed impeachable offenses in, in the name of fraud, but he has the lowest approval rating now since Jimmy Carter. Yet, just two and a half years ago, 81 million people voted for him. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever, does it? It's all about mail fraud. It was ballot harvesting. Those ballots had no idea who Joe Biden was, but they voted for Joe Biden. That's the biggest problem of all. We'll go ahead and take a uh, call. Caller, you're on the air. 
Hello? Yes. Morning, Chat. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, there's one, uh, I remember um, a while back when they were having those uh, congressional uh, 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 sessions about, they were asking the Facebook people, you know, did you, uh, were you told to censor and all? Remember that? Yeah, they, every, uh, Jack Dorsey with his nose ring, yeah. Right. There was one question that they never asked. Did you ever fact check what the government was telling you? Yeah, that's a good no. question. Yeah, they probably didn't. And that's a dead giveaway of collusion right there. Yeah, I mean, but they could look at it and say, well, um, <laughs> that's a good question, actually. You know, because they would answer and say, well, fact-checking involves asking government officials what the truth is. But yeah, when the government mm -hmm. officials are lying to you, you might want to actually get your own Photoshop expert to determine whether the, those images and, and also subpoena and get FOIA requests on the... But see, they may have wanted to get access to that laptop and were denied well, by that... the FBI as an ongoing investigation. Yeah, but wouldn't they? Wouldn't that be an admission that uh, all the facts that they're 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 giving are government facts? Well, it's obvious it's political bias because Rudy Giuliani had the goods, if you recall. See, Rudy right. Giuliani had it, and you remember there was a um, Chinese website. I forget what it was, like GNet or something like that, over in in China, and there were all these videos and pictures of Joe uh, of Hunter Biden. I don't know if you remember that, but they were available. And there was this, there was like a dark net website with the whole laptop contents. And it was bad. I mean, there was even yeah, a but picture. I'm, I'm, I'm talking more broadly, more of, uh, you know, the, the general censorship, not, not just of the Hunter Biden thing, but of, you know, COVID. And if that and broke, that would have, that would have changed the, changed the outcome for sure. The, even the oh, even the cheating that was going on couldn't have couldn't have won that. There was a you was, think you don't think they could have cheated their way out of that? No, 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 because they cheated so bad in say Wisconsin that they were almost out of registered votes. You know, I mean, they were almost yeah. out of. They needed a certain amount of registrations in order to to rig it. They 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 almost yeah. had a hundred and ten percent voter turnout. You know that was the problem. Is they didn't have enough votes to beat Trump. I think if 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 you if the truth was really told, Trump probably won. Like in the you know in a major landslide. I think it would yeah. have been a landslide victory for Trump. Yeah, he would have probably around seventy. Yeah, it would have been like um, I think Reagan won every state but Minnesota or something like that. Like it would have been like those numbers. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is you, we all understand that there's uh, political bias in, in media and social websites. But when you have uh, an opportunity, uh, an opportunity to actually expose it and point it out. Yeah. Well, that, Mark Zuckerberg is the worst, though. I mean, my main uh, Facebook account where I had a maximum, you know, the friends, 5000 friends and. It was shut down just because I posted a picture of Hunter Biden with wearing a scarf and in, in, in his underwear. I mean, it, it, and and they they banned me for 180 days. That like I'm banned. Yeah, I, right? I haven't. 
I haven't used Facebook in years. Yeah, so it's a joke, and uh, you know, if you if you look at the content like a Jesse, like half the Fox News shows, every one of their producers has a an account on Twitter, and Twitter is where you aggregate your news. It's where all the news lives in the world. It's it's the place that all the producers go to compile a show for the show hosts over at Fox News, MSNBC, CNN. It's where everybody is. It's it's where the business of news takes place. And people don't understand that about Twitter. It's a news aggregator, you know, is what it is. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. All right, hey, thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. All right. All right, so... um, yeah, if anybody wants to call in, hasn't called in, um, you can call in at 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. That's 215-867-8255 if you'd like to call in and be heard. Um, but the Jim Jordan, that was a series of, that was a threaded tweet that he put together there. And, uh, you know, it, it's crazy the amount of fraud that's coming out of the FBI. And, you know, Chris Ray, why even bother having him come up and give testimony anymore? He just lies through his teeth. You know, how's he live with himself? You know, I mean they say they, they say they say two different things. So FBI FBI agent lied about knowledge of Hunter Biden talks with Facebook. Okay, so there's a picture of this Asian dude Elvis Chan, Hunter Biden, smoking a cigarette with a hit of crack and uh, shirtless again, <laughs> and uh, and Mark Zuckerberg. All right, so this is a great little piece that uh, takes us back to memory lane a little bit, but let's take a listen to Matt Gates asking where the laptop is. So where is it? The laptop. I want to know where Hunter Biden's laptop is. Where is it? Sir, I don't know that answer. That is astonishing to me. Has has FBI cyber assessed whether or not Hunter Biden's laptop could be a point of vulnerability, allowing America's enemies to hurt our country? I'm holding the receipt from Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, they turned over this laptop to the FBI. And what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Yes, sir. That's an accurate statement. I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record of this committee the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, which I'm in possession of. Give <laughs> Matt Gates the president. <laughs> that was pretty good, the way they did that. Um but think about it. That was the head. Of, that was the deputy uh, director of cyber crimes in the FBI. It's absolutely crazy. All right. So here's uh, Vivek um, calls out the unprecedented nature of the legal theory behind using, uh, but theory being used in the effort to prosecute Donald Trump. He then calls for the FBI to be closed down completely. Let's take a listen to this. So I want to respectfully disagree with the first part of what you said. This is absolutely an unprecedented legal theory. There's a Supreme Court case called Alvarez 
in 2012 that expressly held that a candidate for political office and a publicly elected official has a First Amendment right to engage in, yes, false speech. That's hard Supreme Court case precedent. Is that good judgment on behalf of that elected official? No, it's not. But every bad judgment is not a crime. So this is absolutely unprecedented. It is also unprecedented for the four co-conspirators to be attorneys who are offering legal advice. For an attorney to use a legal theory and be criminalized for it, for giving a client advice, that endangers the legal system as we know it. So my view is that many of these bureaucracies, starting with the FBI, have become corrupted at a level that is really incorrigible. That's why I've said as U.S. president, I will shut down the FBI. We'll take the 35,000 employees, 15,000 of them that are agents doing real work on the front lines. We will reorganize them to the U.S. Marshals, to the Drug Enforcement Agency, to the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, agencies that have not been politicized. But this is an agency whose history is still dating back to the legacy of J. Edgar Hoover. It is still the J. Edgar Hoover building of the FBI that people are walking into. And the remarkable part of this is just rewind a few decades ago. It was the left, Lauren, that was actually complaining about the politicization and the unfairness of the FBI. Today, it's the right. To me, it's not a partisan issue, left versus right. That bureaucracy is a formula for corruption. And that's why, as our next president, I will shut it down. There you go. Uh, Vivek outpacing DeSantis right now in the election. Um, there's another big story uh, that's you're going to be we're going to be talking about uh, soon, and um, it involves the economy. Before we get there, though, um, I want to get to this Russian collusion. There's another little. Uh, this is a this is a minute and a half. It says the Russian collusion was an attempt to overthrow the U.S. government. Impeachment one and two were attempts to overthrow the U.S. government. The 2020 election was the successful overthrow of the U.S. government, and the J6 committee was the cover-up for the overthrow of the U.S. government. Let's take a listen. Mr. Jordan referenced the Clinton plan intelligence. Uh, exactly what was the Clinton plan? Um, based on declassified documents that in, the, in the public record, there was intelligence information that um, was received uh, at virtually the same time that the information came from um, from the Australians, I mean, within a day or two. Uh, that intelligence in, included information that there was a uh, purported plan um, designed by um, one of Mrs. Clinton's foreign policy advisors uh, to create a scandal tying Donald Trump uh, to the Russians. That's the essence of the uh, intelligence as contained in the uh, declassified uh, information. Did the president received this intelligence? Um, on August 3rd of 2016, uh, then-Director Brennan had uh, briefed the President, Vice President, um, Director of National Intelligence, the FBI, the Attorney General, and others. When you say the FBI, you mean Mr. Comey? Um, he had, on August 3rd, it was um, conducted at the White House, so it was Director Comey himself. So Mr. Comey knew about this. President Obama knew about this. Vice President Biden knew about this. Um, but um, it wasn't provided to the agents uh, uh, on the case or, or provided to the secret uh, FISA court. Is that correct? That's correct. So Trump was the last to know. 
So, you know, what's interesting is the five eyes, you know, Australia, New Zealand, England, Canada, United States, this five eyes network, HC, H, H, uh, C, uh, GCHQ over in England. Um, Boris Johnson was foreign services back then, you know, and he was the guy that also uh, trashed the Minsk agreement with regard to the Ukrainian thing. All the and, and, and his father is a chief proponent of depopulation. They're all a bunch of globalists. OK, everything I just told you, you know, I can, I can go on and on and on. OK, but what I'm saying is, is that this is all connected to, to globalism. And you wonder how it is that, you know, something that happens here, like race, you know, where our racial history and Britain's racial history and France's racial history is all different. We all have different histories, especially 100 years ago when we were really not connected in a, uh, we were not a world connected. And so the things that were happening in America were far different than the things that were happening. Now, today you can argue, yeah, we're a little bit more unified digitally. And so maybe we mimic each other a little bit more. But 100 years ago, that was not the case. And that's when, you know, racism and, and slavery and, tra- and human trafficking was all going on it goes on differently today but you know here's the thing when you listen to this clip here about the migrant crisis in great britain you have to argue and you have to wonder like italy's going through the same problem this is all about slave trade this is all about sex trafficking human trafficking drugs trafficking this is all about cartels This is all about globalists and oligarchs moving people out of of, of soil-rich countries or continents like Africa and moving them out of there and bringing them to these uh, first world countries to work as slaves, cheap labor that satisfies the corporate donors, the donor class, if you will, while then the countries, uh, the first developed countries, go in and take all their uh, precious minerals and assets, and China gets not only the uh, has all, not only the slave and gets all the manufacturing, but they also get access to other countries to get the enriched stuff. Just like uh, Dan Hoffman said in the beginning, you know they're also mining and, and stealing our seeds are seeds that are special to America, that make American agriculture the best in the world. And they're harvesting our seeds. They're taking, stealing our seeds and re-engineering the seeds to benefit themselves, stealing from America. All right, let's take a listen to this real quick. Surely it's not only today that Rishi Sunak realized the acute Rishi Sunak, a globalist leader of UK for an urgent backup to the 140 million pound Rwanda scheme. I first declared the growing migrant crisis a national emergency on this show in November 2021. 20 migrant have crisis now in since England then, with 15,000 crossing the channel illegally this year alone. 
And this genuine threat... 15,000 a drop in the bucket to what America's getting. ...to British lives and livelihoods is still being treated as if it's a situation that we have time to resolve. We don't. Sunak should take three immediate steps on his return from California. One, he needs to introduce a controversial turnback policy to hell with the pearl-clutching outrage from the usual suspects. Two, immediate offshore processing on British territories and foreign countries where deals can be agreed. And three, leave the ECHR. So while I welcome the leaked stories today revealing that the volcanic Ascension Island in the middle of the South Atlantic and five African nations believed to include Ghana, Nigeria, Namibia, Morocco and Niger are being considered for offshore processing if Rwanda fails, this could be too little, too late. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, these things are happening because Klaus Schwab, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, all the multinational corporations control the politicians, control the media narrative. And again, it's no coincidence that they're dealing with the same problems there as they are here. Now, I want you to hear um, just a tidbit of this um, banks hiding losses by renting deposits. Take a listen to this. Troubled regional banks are turning to hot money using expensive brokered deposits to shore up their draining balance sheets, then cranking out risky loans to stay one step ahead of the debt collector. What could go wrong? Last quarter, the deposit exodus from regional and community banks stabilized. But it turns out there's a very good reason for that. They are essentially renting deposits from the major banks like Morgan Stanley or Fidelity. So-called brokered deposits involve the regional paying higher rates, often 5% or more, for a bundle of customer deposits moved over from a major bank. They do this so they don't appear to be losing deposits, but the problem is it costs them roughly five times more than real customer deposits, meaning they have to make increasingly risky loans to service the hot money. Now, regulators, including the FDA... I mean, when you take a look at the, uh, the level of corruption around the world with banking, tax uh, tax havens, um, and the, you know things like the Panama Papers and things like that, where uh, these oligarchs are hiding all their money and laundering it through bank after bank and shell companies and things like that. It's getting crazy out there. And they're just kicking the can down the road, uh, making it appear that they're solvent when they're not. This happened in 2008. I, I fear that it's going to be happening again soon. Um, but we're going to be covering those topics in the shows to come. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Find out how you can help us support America First policies to make America great again and do it commercial free, like on the Scott Adams show. Uh, Your donations help make this show commercial free. Use Red State as your promo code over at mypillow.com. We'll see you next time. Just a very nice piece right up today.